It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. The NL Central in 2022 is going to look a lot like the NL Central in 2021. I don't think there's going to be too much of a change there. Milwaukee at the top, St. Louis in second, Reds probably in third. We're going to talk about that and more on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the platforms. We're also over on YouTube. Head over there to subscribe. We're going to have exclusive content there that you are not going to want to miss. And you're only going to be able to get it on YouTube. So for our audio only listeners, head over there, click that subscribe button. There's going to be lots of extras there for you. I am Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr. And we have a passion for baseball, a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. And we have turned that passion into information for you. And before we get started today, I just wanted to make a mention that my Twitter feed has been saying that the weather is terrible. So I thought I would come outside and attempt to find this terrible weather, but I don't know where it is. I think things are just great right here, Jeff. Uh, uh, Is this what your view looks like out of your window? Steve, I got to admit that uh, right now, it's about the, I mean, you couldn't be even more opposite than that. That is the most opposite that any uh, look has ever, and my window right now is all white, all ice. That's all it is. Well, I haven't, uh, I haven't done very many Hawaii flexes, but with the, the weather currently hitting Cincinnati in the greater Queen City area, I thought I'd get out today and uh, show our listeners just a little bit of what I get to experience on the regular here in Hawaii, so um, I just wanted to do that. So before we get into our content today, though, I also wanted to make mention of my shirt, Jeff. Uh, this is obviously a Pitching Ninja shirt, but uh, it's the pink Pinching Ninja shirt. And this has actually been done in support of Emily Walden, uh, who is a great, tremendous baseball writer. Um, I had the good fortune of interviewing her uh, for the Women in Baseball series I did over at the Reds Alert podcast. And she recently got a cancer diagnosis. And this shirt was put together as a way to support her and as a fundraiser for her. Uh, as she battles that cancer. So I wanted to wear this shirt today and let Emily know that, you know, we've, we've got her back. We're all pulling for her and, and we know she's going to kick cancer's butt. Well, Steve, let's jump into some Reds content here. And in fact, we're going to kind of look at the division as a whole. And 
I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'm rolling with the take. And I know that it's boring to say this, but the division's not going to be much different from the way that it was last year. Milwaukee is still the toughest out in this division. The Cardinals, sure, they probably will finish second. I don't necessarily think it's going to take a franchise best winning streak. The Cubs are at least knocking on the door, but I still think there's plenty of holes in there. And depending on how much they spend after the lockout is over, I still think the Reds are a better team than this and of course you've got the pirates in the bottom which we'll be talking with ethan smith about that here coming up in just a little bit but overall when i look at this division i don't see it really playing out much differently in 2022 no i agree with you and you know first off for you know just a a hat tip to ethan smith you know covering that pirates team on a daily basis (laughs) has got to be a challenge and i mean and we've been there i mean just don't look further than the the 2018 Cincinnati Reds. I mean, we, we know what that's like, but uh, hat tip to him. As far as the division goes, Jeff, I think that you're pretty spot on in that Milwaukee is probably still the, the king of the division as far as if there's somebody that you want to target to knock off it's them. Uh, you know, with the, with the Cardinals, you never know if it's, if it's going to be the hot September Cardinals or if it's going to be the average early season Cardinals uh, mm-hmm. and what they spend in the off season and what they spend on contracts is really not indicative of how they're going to perform on the field. Uh, the Cubs are the ones that I think could be uh, the biggest question mark. I don't know what they're exactly going to be when baseball finally gets started, but I do know that they're going to be better than they were last year. So uh, for me, they are the ones that play spoiler for the whole division. And then you've got the Reds who we don't know if they're going to try or if they're going to trade, if they're going to rebuild, or if they're going to make one last push for it in 2022. Yeah, I think that immediately after this lockout, which of course we got some wonderful news today that the owners are going to call in some sort of arbitrator and kind of rule, and the players have to agree to something like this, but kind of help preside over the negotiations, which just sounds so wonderful. But once that's all over, the Reds are going to be making some sort of moves, whether it's adding in some sort of way or most likely what we all figure they're going to do, subtract in some way, probably trading Sonny Gray, hopefully not trading too many more people like that. But there's definitely going to be some moves to be made. The Chicago Cubs just confuse me. I thought they were heading for at least a year of rebuild after trading all of their different players away, but then it's like their owner woke up and realized that they're actually kind of a large market team and was like, yeah, whatever, let's sign Marcus Stroman. And then right before the lockout happens, he's like standing from Carlos Correa to come up to Chicago and play on the North side team. So I, I, I look at this and I, I don't think there are Carlos Correa away from winning the division. That certainly would vault them into the top two conversation, but as is, I still think the Cubs and the Reds are very evenly matched and don't get me wrong. I love Wade Miley. I love what he did for this team, but I'm not expecting another 2021 for him this coming year. Oh, and you're right. If you look at it on paper right now, the Cubs and the Reds are pretty evenly matched, but I don't think that the Cubs that take the field on opening day are going to be these Cubs that we're looking at right now. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head in that uh, Chicago's ownership group took a look around, realized that they have a little bit more money to play with than anybody else in the division. And it's a division that could be right for the taking if they go all in. And I think maybe uh, after the negative publicity that that ownership group took when they traded away everybody, Uh, if they make a push in this offseason and go for it in 2022, you know, all of that will be forgiven. 
Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be really telling because there's going to be a mad dash after the lockout. I'm very – I mean – couldn't tell you exactly when the lockout's going to end, but I know for a fact, 100%, there's going to be so much news that comes as soon as this lockout ends from transactions of trades, free agent signings. You've, you're going to have so much movement around the league, and the NL Central is not going to be immune to this. This was something that we kind of made fun of this last offseason, right? Like, nobody made any moves. I think um, the Cubs trading or signing one of the two. When they ever acquired Jock Peterson, I think that was like the first move that any NL Central team did the last offseason, and that was in January. So this is going to be something that's fast-paced. It's going to be something to keep an eye on. But as is right now, the division's not very different, and I don't think the order changes very much this season. Yeah, once the lockout ends, I don't think we'll be seeing very many of those uh, memes come across our Twitter feeds <laughs> with the Reds logo getting poked with a stick. Or, yeah, it's not going to be a do-something moment. Yeah, it's going to be pretty busy, I think. There's going to be a lot that is going on, and we're going to be all over it right here on Locked on Reds. Make sure that you're following us on all of your favorite podcasting apps and subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got so much coming for you. When it comes to the YouTube page, so much unique content that's not going to be pushed out to our podcasting channels, you're not going to want to miss it. Coming up, I'm going to talk with Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates about this division a little bit further and get his perspective because, as we've said, I mean, this dude loves the Pirates. He's been talking about a team for an entire season that has no bones about competing competition. They've got no bones about competition this year. They do have some interesting prospects though, and we're going to talk about that and more coming up in just a moment. Before we jump into that though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Lick. it's February and statistics show that almost 80% of people have already given up on their New Year's resolution. Don't be one of those 80%. Be one of the 20%. Keep your diet going and do it with the help of Built Bar because you're probably to the point where you're just like, screw it. Why do I even have this diet? Hand me some chocolate. Guess what? Built Bar's covered with 100% real chocolate, whether it's milk chocolate, white chocolate, dark chocolate. They've got it all, but the stats are amazing on it because it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it combines all of the healthiness of a protein bar with an amazingly beautiful chocolate package. You're also talking about around 140 calories per bar, less than 4 grams of fat and sugar, and up to 18 grams of protein. Those are MVP statistics right there. Jump in today at built.com and use that promo code locked 15 to save 15% off your next order. We're talking about great flavors like cherry barcia, the goat. Plus you've also got coconut, which is right up there with the goat. And you've got amazing limited time flavors as they roll through like Ruby chocolate, chocolate chip cookie dough. There's peanut butter brownie. There's all kinds of great stuff. Caramel, cover or caramel almond delight let's say that right that's really good too built.com promo code locked 15 you're going to win at your diet you're going to eat something that tastes amazing you're not even going to realize that you're not cheating on your diet built.com promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent off your next order this Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients 
and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, uh, Steve is going to just hang out at the beach. We'll leave him there. And Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates joins me right now. All right, for the next couple of segments here on today's podcast, I've got with me Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates. Ethan's been on the show quite a few times to talk about some different things. We broke down some series in the past and just kind of looked at what the Reds and Pirates were up to during the season. And during this offseason, this lockout, wonderful nothing going on, it's actually probably been a good thing for our two teams because otherwise I feel like we'd have just been selling off parts, Ethan. Yeah, realistically, I mean, the Pirates kind of did beforehand, but I feel like more parts would have been sold off. It's like selling off a car, and every, you wouldn't have had a car anymore. You would have just been the tires. <laughs> right. You just you, It, it kind of feels like a little bit of a uh, itch, like you get it and you scratch it a little bit. You'll go, ooh, maybe I'll trade this guy. Ooh, trade this guy. Ooh, prospect over here, prospect over there. You know, I don't know. Do some kind of family guy. Ooh, piece of candy. But because of that, I, I'm kind of okay with the fact that that's not been happening. I do want the lockout to end soon, and I think that there's going to be a lot that changes for a lot of different teams once the lockout ends. But as of right now, when I look at this division, I don't see much change. I don't, I don't see uh, anybody knocking off the Brewers. I don't even know that anybody's knocking the Cardinals out of second place. I think it's probably... If anything, the the two teams that have switched places might be the Cubs and the Reds. Am I off base there? I don't really think so. I mean, I would still say the Pirates, as of right now, are probably still the worst team in the division. Sorry to Locked On Pirates fam. You guys probably already know this. Um, but the Brewers didn't really like get any better, but they also didn't get any worse. I mean, when you still have Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns as your top two starters... That's probably at least 20 wins that you're going to get like combined between those two. The Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Enough said. You have another uh, enough guys over there, too. And then the Cubs, I mean, they added some guys. I believe they added Marcus Stroman. They added some guys there, too. They did enough to say, okay, we're probably the third or fourth best team. The Reds, again, Castellanos leaves, but you still have talent around it. The Pirates... You know, like they're still in that rebuild mode. Now, would I say that they're as far off as they were last year? No. I don't think they're going to be losing 20-2 to two to the Cincinnati Reds every single time they play them. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, the NL Central of all the divisions I saw this offseason probably changed the least. I think, like, you could go into the season predicting almost the exact same order of the division that you had last year with little exceptions to, you know, the rule, like injuries, all that good stuff. Yeah, you had Wade Miley just let, you know, they basically opened the door for him at Great American Ballpark, and they said, 
go forth, young man. And he went to Chicago, which yeah. was dumb. But what are you going to get from Wade Miley this coming season? Are we going to expect that kind of year out of him again? I don't think so. And I think maybe that's just the part of me that says, well, he's not a red anymore, so he's probably not going to be that good. I still think there's going to be that age factor, you know, father times undefeated, but also the Hunter Renfro deal where basically all they lost was Jackie Bradley Jr. And if you trade Jackie Bradley Jr. for Hunter Renfro, I think the argument the argument can be made that that was kind of an upgrade. Mm-hmm. I think somehow Milwaukee swung a good one there. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And I mean, again, you look at what Milwaukee had the easiest off season of any of these teams because again, they lost to the um, Braves in the playoffs this past year. But when you didn't really lose anything that was not a valuable piece. You can't really call that a losing offseason. I mean, that, like you said, Hunter Redfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. Now, that's an upgrade. Three years ago, then you're talking about some real hot take stuff where you're talking about the Brewers making a very big mistake. But when you have a pitching staff like that, that they have right now, you still have Christian Yelich, you still have all these guys. Lorenzo Kane, even for people who forget that he even exists for some reason, even though he's a phenomenal baseball player. I still think the Brewers are the best team in this division, but the Cardinals are also there too. Um, and at the end of the day, the division, again, as we've both mentioned already, it didn't change that much. It, it really didn't. I think you can really expect that Chicago, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh are going to beat the crap out of each other, and then the Cardinals and the uh, Brewers are probably going to fight for first place again. Not so sure that it's going to change very much after the lockout either. I I think that there's probably going to be a couple of big moves. I mean, you've already seen the big move from the Cardinals uh, signing uh, Steven Matz. I think that was a really good move on their part. And then you've got an interesting rumor going around that Marcus Stroman is doing all he can to get Carlos Correa to come to the Cubs. You know, the Cubs woke up and realized that they had a lot of money to spend, so they started doing it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what to expect from them as the lockout comes to a conclusion. But I I think it's going to be interesting because kind of like you said, you mentioned Yelich and then also Lorenzo Cain. There's always a contingent of every fan base that says, well, imagine if this happens for us. Imagine if Eugenio Suarez figures it out. Imagine if Nick Senzel is healthy and plays a bunch of games and actually figures it out. Imagine if Jesse Winker is healthy. Imagine if all this stuff happens for the Reds. Conversely, imagine if Christian Yelich is back. And imagine if Lorenzo Cain is healthy. Mm -hmm. Then... I don't even know that they have to make a move, which is scary in and of itself. Maybe bullpen death because they did lose Brad Boxberger, but that that is the smallest amount of things. I'd say, so So let me ask you this, because I think I know what you're going to say. I don't think I know what I would say to this question, but do you think that there is a big move coming that we're going to be like, oh, that that's the move? Uh, from our teams, no. no. No, not from our teams, but yeah. from like – one of the other three, probably. <laughs> Chicago, I think would have the Chicago would have the most opportunity to do so because they have the most money. Um, I still don't think so. In terms of Carlos Correa, who you already mentioned, I still think he's destined to be a Detroit Tiger at this point, with okay. the a lot of ties to Hinch or AJ Hinch and all of that stuff going on over there, and they're an ascending team right now. So I would say no. 
and it really pales into a lot it talks into a lot of things with how does this division look in the next couple years with a lot of the better players in this division already being older players and that plays a big role into what the Pirates are going to do right now over the next couple years which is build prospect talent build all this talent the Cardinals, again, they have a lot of good young players. Tommy Edmond. I mean, you have those guys like down there in C- uh, St. Louis that are doing very good right now. But Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are not going to be there forever. Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain are not going to be there forever. And as um, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, you, it's going to be very hard as a small market team with the current economic structure to keep both of those guys in Milwaukee. It's going to be very hard. So you can really nitpick at all five of these teams and say, this guy's probably not going to be here in about one or two years. It gets interesting. So as far as a big move, I think the Cubs have the most opportunity to do it, but I don't think they'll do it. Going to jump into a a little bit more of a focus on what the NL Central is going to look like in the future and whether or not the Reds and Pirates are going to be at the top of it. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net remains your best source for school scores and news sports news like never before plus as football is kind of you know getting done the pro bowl and the super bowl who day uh you're also got basketball whether you're talking about nba basketball or college basketball plus the nhl boxing ufc there's a great ufc card coming up this weekend actually on espn plus not a pay-per-view but still some interesting fights to be had and there's some up-and-comers bet online is going to have you covered on all of that it is a great source for odds props lines all that great stuff can be found at betonline.net check them out today don't miss all of their available offers for the ongoing seasons whether you're talking about basketball hockey fighting whatever you've got plus we've got the future bets that are about to start coming out for major league baseball there we get this lockout figured out it's all going to be at betonline.net check them out today because bet online is where the game starts All right, let's jump back into my conversation with Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates. I definitely think that Carlos Correa is an interesting case. And to me, when you say the Tigers, that just makes a ton of sense because the Tigers might even be closer than the Cubs, if you can imagine that, for as yeah. far away as the Tigers have been in recent years. But with, with all of their young talent finally coming to the majors and you got Casey Mize and you've got all of those different young guys that are just phenomenal that are here and ready to go. I mean, the Reds saw it later on, or, you know, it was kind of late last season whenever the Tigers came to Great American. Detroit outplayed them, like mm-hmm. just plain and simple in the three-game series that they were there. I went and I saw them on the Friday night game, and I think Detroit scored about – 59 runs, I think, in that day. Yeah, there was, mm-hmm. was a lot of runs, a lot of runs. So I, I think that that would be an interesting move. I I would say the only thing I could possibly see that it would surprise me a little bit if it happened would be Seiya Suzuki because the Cubs have been linked to him, and they've been – there's there's a number of teams, the Red Sox, the Angels, the Mariners, you know, your West Coast teams that are typically linked to a big Japanese player coming over. But I see Seiya Suzuki going to the Cubs, that would be, boy, that would be a coup. 
And that would be the kind of move I think that would really get me, you know, to go, hmm, the pitching's still a little bit questionable for Chicago, but they've got a real shot if they get that lineup figured out to challenge the Brewers because the Brewers all day are just going to beat you two to one. That's, that's their MO. If you can bring a team that can score three runs to Milwaukee, you got a real good shot there. Yeah, of course. And I mean, Suzuki, again, another interesting case like Correa. I mean, even the Pirates were linked to Suzuki at one point, too. And I mean, I will be the first person to tell you here, uh, Locked on Pirates Nation, that's not happening. If it did happen, Brian Reynolds and Seiya Suzuki in the same outfield would be absolutely nuts. I'm just going to be the first person to tell you this, but that won't happen. If it happens for Chicago, the whole dynamic of what they're doing right now changes. Because remember, the Cubs were not rebuilding, they're retooling. They moved Chris Bryant, they moved Anthony Rizzo, they moved all these pieces, but they kept certain guys that they knew were going to be good. Also, something a lot of Cubs fans forget, since we're two NL Central hosts and understand this, Nick Madrigal is there from the Chicago White Sox. Yes. And people forget that that happened because he was out all last year. You already have him. You have these other guys, too. If you add Suzuki to that lineup, the pitching might not even matter, like, at the end of the day. It might matter in some aspects, but if you can even, you know, go half and half with the Brewers all year, you could be right at, right there in August and September, assuming we have a full season, of course. Yeah. Which, uh, who knows, that's that's a big assumption at this point. That that would really spark that rivalry that seemed to kind of start to really get juicy there, 2016, 17, 18. In these last couple of years, the Cubs kind of took a step back, and I think maybe Brewers fans and Cubs fans still had a bit of a rivalry going, but competitive-wise, there was a gap. I, I definitely see the Cubs uh, getting back up. You, yeah, and you're absolutely right about Nick Magical. That's a dude who was really hard to get out. He definitely yeah. didn't get himself out very often no. at all. And that's he is going to be a huge piece in that lineup. Let's let's get away from talking about those three. Let's look at our sides because I think I'm with you. When I look at this Reds team, I really got to squint to see a wild card team, unless, of course, we expand the playoffs, which is probably going to happen. And then you can maybe see them as a seventh spot. But even then, it's still a bit of a squinting game. So I'm looking at this Reds team maybe two, three years down the road. The Pirates kind of seem in that same boat. Are we talking about the 2013s and the 2014s of the world once we get to about 2024 with the Reds and Pirates on top of this division? Um, with the trajectory, if you're looking at just straight numbers, yes. I mean, because by that point, Henry Davis will be the starting catcher of the Pittsburgh Pirates. It will not be Roberto <laughs> Perez. You're probably looking at Mason Martin, uh, Mason Martin at first, or an outside or outside guy. You're probably looking at one of, and this is a lot. You're probably looking at Nick Gonzalez, Leo Piguero, or hell, I mean, even like any, you have nine middle infielders on your 40-man roster right now, so <laughs> name one of them, they'll probably be your 40-man roster guy. If they keep O'Neill Cruz's shortstop, he's your shortstop of the future. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, but I could still see them moving him to the outfield. Keep Brian Hayes as your future third baseman. If they decide to hold on to Brian Reynolds, which there still is the prospect of them trading him, if you hold on to him, he has a starting outfield spot. And then you're talking about Jack Sawinski, Kane Smith and Jigba, Travis Swaggerty, Lonnie White Jr. You're looking at a lot of guys that 
at the end of the day, what I want the Pirates to be able to do in two years is do what they did, as you mentioned, in those 2013 years when they waited for Andrew McCutcheon, Neil Walker, Josh Harrison, all those guys to come up. They added those small little pieces. They made those tiny moves that MLB.com, you'd see a little header on your phone about it. Oh, yeah, Pirates signed Marlon Byrd. Cool, awesome. At the end of the day... That's what pushed them to the playoffs all that time. That's what moved them forward. And that's what I want to see them do is create competition. And I think the Reds are going to be in this spot, too. This upcoming year, as I've talked about on my podcast with a lot of guests all the time, is there's questions right now that we do not have answered. By the end of 2022, when the Pirates do not make the playoffs because they're not going to unless they shock the world, by the end of this year, there should be answers at multiple positions. Who is your outfield? Like, what are, what are your outfield prospects doing? Who cemented themselves out of the pack of that big middle infield gap that you have right now with all those prospects? Is um, Henry Davis the guy? Who are you going to have pitching-wise? But the thing that I like about this rebuild versus the other ones that I've seen, the plethora of options that the Pirates have at their disposal right now is a lot. There's a lot of guys, and when you have more darts to throw at the dartboard, chances are you're going to hit the bullseye at least on one or two of them, and that's where you want to be, especially as a small market team, as I mentioned before, in this current economic system. That's where we as Reds fans kind of have a, a hard time evaluating the 2022 Reds because as currently constructed, Dan Simborski has done his Zips projection for the rosters. Currently constructed, they're like an 80-win team. And 80 wins is nice. It's not going to get you to the playoffs, and it's not above 500 and all this mm-hmm. other great stuff. And the fact that last year they missed the playoffs, however, they were above 500 and they had their fifth best record since the turn of the century. So that's something. So, what are you really going to get out of that? And who currently on the roster is going to be for be here for this next kind of pennant race run? Like, is Sonny Gray? There's there's legitimate questions about Sonny Gray's health right now, and I think that he is a guy that if you can get some decent value in return, like there's some rumors about different guys from the Mariners and things like that who could come back in a trade, I, I think you really got to explore that. And then you also really have to ask yourself some tough questions. I love Jesse Winker. I got a mm-hmm. signed autograph ball from him right here on my desk. Like I love Jesse Winker, but can we be real? The guy's never played more than 113 games. Yeah. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. And that's kind of what I hated for Key Brian Hayes this past year. He literally hits a home run on opening day, and everybody at the Locked On Sports Network has heard my reaction to him hitting that home run against the Cubs. I sounded like a (laughs) five-year-old kid. And then the next day, he basically, I don't want to say he broke his wrist because he didn't, but he screwed his wrist up, and then he was out for half the year. And the thing that I hope that doesn't happen to him is I hope he's not doomed from whatever those first 20 games he had in the short in 2020 where he hit like 387. I hope people just don't expect him to do that all the time. He's not going to. If you hit 387 across 10 years in your MLB career, guess what, bud? You're going to be a Hall of Famer after year two. Because the front of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna, you, they're going to rename the Cooperstown Hall of Fame the Key Brian Hayes Hall of Fame if you hit 387 across your entire career. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, with the Reds and the Pirates, it's always tough again because you saw these teams not even less than a decade ago now. It'll be a decade in 2023. These two teams were going head-to-head in a wild card game. Yeah. Since then, 
it's been kind of interesting. I mean, the Pirates <laughs> made the playoffs the following two years, and then they met Jake Arrieta and Madison Bumgarner, and the rest is history. The Reds, I believe, as you've mentioned, outside of the expanded playoff year, have not made the playoffs since then. So, nope. much like your Cincinnati Bengals over there, when does the time come? for the Reds is really the question that I think you guys have to answer. Same thing for the Pirates. I mean, when is it this, like when do you finally answer the question of when do we get back to that 2013, 1991, 1979 magic that they had where you have a bunch of guys who are not making a lot of money but they're really good players and you make a real run at it. That's yeah. really the question that both of these teams have to answer right now. I happen to think that was pretty nice of me to let Steve just, you know, relax on the beach while Ethan and I talk about the Sinnoh Central and what it's going to look like. No, I'm just kidding. That was a great conversation. I always love talking with Ethan and looking forward to having him on as the season gets going, hopefully here pretty soon. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Reds and the Pirates grow. Thanks again for making us your hashtag first listen of the day. Now go make Locked On Bets your second listen as your boy Q and Lee Sterling have all the info you need to win at sports wagering that's locked on bets just like locked on reds free and available wherever you get your podcast make sure you're subscribed you're following on youtube all of that great stuff we've got so much content coming for you next week we're going to get back into that window shopping take a look at another team who might have some interesting pieces for the reds and we're going to talk some more about some players who have some interesting storylines for the reds as we hopefully near the beginning of some sort of spring training and the season that's coming up next week right here on lockdown reds because it's the off season and we're all locked out and stuff and steve's on the beach but we are locked on reds every single day Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.